Hello and welcome to Season 5 of the Lighting Your Way podcast. We are very happy to start off this season with a story. A very compelling and, depending on your perspective, a horrifying story of the importance of getting a second opinion. Listen as my colleague Jennifer Prater shares a recent case that may leave you wondering, how does this stuff happen? Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Jen Prater, to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Uh, welcome back. You have been a uh, guest before, so welcome back. Thank you, Betty. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, this is your second rodeo, as they say. Yeah. Um, so, Jen, we, um, we talk a lot at Guardian Nurses about the value of getting a second opinion. It's one of the, I guess, suggestions or um, things we recommend to patients all the time. And a lot of misconceptions about second opinions. Are they covered? You know, are the doctors going to get mad at me if I go get a second opinion? But your case that we're going to talk about today is so unique that I just had to bring you back so we could talk about it. Um, so so um, tee it up for me if you would. Tell me a little bit about this case and we can start talking. So as you know, I support a fund whose HR vice president had reached out to me after speaking with one of her employees who was sharing some of the struggles his father was having with his with a current health situation. And because they have guardian nurses as a support and as a benefit, mm-hmm. their HR vice president reached out to me and asked me to give this employee a call and see if I could help out the son in his um, efforts to help his father. Okay. So and I, what was the, what was, do we know what, you know what the diagnosis was? Yes. Um, she said his father was just that week diagnosed with prostate cancer. Okay. And had been to a doctor, um, was given some information, had to, was told he had to act very quickly. And the whole scenario just didn't quite make sense or didn't feel right, I guess, okay. to the son and then to the HR representative. So that's when they reached out to me. Okay. And then what, what did you do? What was your course of action? Right. So I reached out to the son first, who's the employee, and got a little bit of information. So his dad is 62 years old, so he's not very old. Um, Thank you for he, saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he had gone to, recently been to his primary care doctor, and had a PSA t- done. PSA results came back slightly elevated. And so he was referred to a urologist. So he wasn't having any symptoms. It was just normal. You know, the primary care was doing what he needed to do, which is, you know, check PSA levels. Correct. Just a okay. basic screening. Okay. So that week, his dad had gone to a urologist referred to by his primary and, or I'm sorry, previous to his Dad had gone to the urologist and subsequently had a biopsy, a prostate biopsy done. That week is when he went back to the urologist for the results. And in the words of the mom later, she told me, she said, basically, he said, I'm so sorry, but you have cancer and we have to get it out right away. So, okay. Yeah. So this really um, scared them. 
in hindsight, so what we found out was, you know, his PSA was not super elevated. He had two out of the 10 biopsies. So they do a lot of biopsies. And then um, based on how many come back positive, they calculate a score and that helps to guide some of your treatment. So he had two positive biopsies out of his 10. So again, hmm. not an overwhelming number of positive biopsies. Right. Um, but the parents, when we had spoke, when we spoke with him, so I talked with the son, kind of got set up with what's going on. Um, I did enlist the assistance of another guardian nurse colleague because a lot was going on with them. And um, we reached out to the parents to get the full story um, and found out they were given, basically they were told, you know, this is pretty urgent. There's several options out there for you. Um, you'll probably have erectile dysfunction, be in a diaper for Yikes. a long time. Um, however, there is one procedure, a modified type of surgery procedure that not, it's re relatively new. Not many people do it, but I happen to be the one that does it in this state. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Today no only. One, no one else around really does this. And um, what is this procedure that he was? Um... It's called HIFU, which um, it's something that I, it's high frequency. Um, ultrasound? Ultrasound, focused ultrasound. Right. Okay. So I had researched this previously for another patient about a year ago and spoken to several cancer, cancer experts. So I was mildly familiar with it, you know, not mm. a um, expert, but <laughs> it's very similar, like cryotherapy mm -hmm. freezes everything. It takes them to freezing temperatures and freezes things. The HIFU is a similar procedure, but it heats them. So okay. it does okay. this high ultrasound um, sound waves to get the target tissue and like a, a like an ablation almost. Okay. Um, so the physician was suggesting that he do that on the two areas that were positive. Correct. So the physician said, um, you know, because it's rare and lucky for you, I do it. Um, I in a couple of weeks, I have three people scheduled. I can do four in a day. However, what I need is today you have to pay me $25,000 because it won't be covered by insurance. <laughs> You're I, kidding. No. No. <laughs> today you have to give me $25,000 because it's not right. covered by insurance. And oh. please sign this waiver that you will pay me the 25000 today. And <laughs> if you cancel, I get to keep 10%. Oh, oh, right. Oh, my God. And so here you are, you're, you're hearing, you know, you're going to be in diapers, you're going to have erectile dysfunction. And if you just pay me this, you get door number two, which means you'll be fine. Correct. You go on and live wow. a simple, easy procedure, less, less risk than any of the other ones. I'm the expert. Let's do this because you wow. have cancer and it's important. Oh, God. I can't even imagine how frightened they were, right? Yes. To, to, to have that kind of pressure seems really unethical, right? Yes. To, to, and this is the physician explaining this, not his office staff or 
Correct. It was the physician telling them. Wow. Wow. So, right. So what but, happened? Did they, they sign up? So they did. They signed up. They said they, you know, sat in the waiting room, got their credit cards out, figured what figured out how much they had available, what they needed to pull from their retirement account oh my to make God. up the 25000 and signed it over. Oh, and, and scheduled the procedure. And scheduled the procedure. Um, at that time, I want to say it was a couple weeks away. It wasn't too okay. far out. Okay. Um, and, and then, so this, so the son hears this from his parents mm-hmm. and then he, he talks, it was HR v- VP and in walks guardian nurses. Correct. Okay. Saying, so stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Stop the presses. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. I feel so bad for this couple that they would feel so much pressure. Yeah. They were scared. They really, had the impression sure. that he had cancer. If they walked out that day with not, not planning on anything, that he was going to die pretty soon from cancer. Oh. And that, thank goodness, this doctor was going to save them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what was that call like? Um, I mean, you weren't able to go to that appointment. Um, and obviously you wanted to get a second opinion. Um so tell me what, what happened after that. Right. So we initially broached the idea of a second opinion. And, um, you know, the wife was kind of like, oh, sort of you could you could hear. It was over the phone, so it was a little different than our usual. Um, and the patient himself was saying, no, I'm good. I'm going to go with this doctor. I'm going to have it done. I'm good. Wow. We talked with the son as well. And um, I think the son and the dad had some conversation and then we spoke again. Um, And, you know, we certainly did not say cancel the procedure right off the bat. Let's just get a second opinion, explore Mm -hmm. our options. And if that turns out to be the best option for you, that's okay. And we will support you with that. Mm -hmm. But let's just know what all your options are. Right. I mean, well, really, and, I'm kind of twitching because it just didn't feel right to me either. Right. And listen, so many times on our team, when I talk with our colleagues, it's if your gut is telling you that it doesn't feel right, we have to go with your gut. And right. and clearly this situation did not feel right to you. Uh, but I'm surprised. I guess I'm not surprised that the, the gentleman was wanting to move forward. We've had certainly plenty of patients who just want to get it over with, right? Whether it's lung cancer, prostate cancer, and the, 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 the delay that they might feel in getting a second opinion is too much, right? It's too much anxiety. Right. Um, and, and as you said, this was, you know, all done by phone, right? You're talking with the son, you're talking with the patient, his wife, it's all by phone. Right. So yeah, so, a lot of phone back and forth. Yeah. And the son was in the same town as the dad? Uh, the son, and I'll be honest, I don't have his address. He's nearby. I don't okay. know if it's the exact town or just nearby. Right. So what's your, so you go into it uh, wanting to get a second opinion. So how do you persuade uh, the, the uh, patient to get the second opinion? Well, again, it was just the, the conversation and the reassurance that, you know, we're going to support you, but the importance that 
you need to know all the facts first. Mm-hmm. And I was very honest with him. And I told him, I said, I'll be truthful. And this doesn't quite feel right to me. Mm-hmm. Again, I wasn't going to initially, I wasn't going to slam that doctor, but I said, you know, I just want you to know all your options before you make a decision. That's all. Okay. So, so in normal process, you, you gather all the records, right? You get the HIPAA, well, you get the HIPAA sign, then you gather the records. And what, is that when you saw that the Gleason score was low? Right. So yeah, that was a little challenging. The office um, was the office staff was very resistant to, well, they never spoke <laughs> with us, right? I bet. Um, you know, we shared the HIPAA, we sent nice thing like emails and called, and <laughs> I think our number was on blocked call, the blocked call list for them. <laughs> um, but, and the office, the practice manager did say, did email the patient and his wife saying, you know, that they weren't going to speak with us. Um, but eventually they did send records to the patient or the patient actually went and picked them up, I believe, mm-hmm. who then shared them with us. And we saw okay. that the PSA was only borderline high. The Gleason score ended up being six, which is low. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of confirmed to me that we really needed a second opinion. And I shared that with the patient who at that point was on board, definitely, you know, agreed at that point. It just took them a little while to, I think, to process it all and get it in. And then, okay, yeah, I think I should get a second opinion. Right. Um, okay. And then what know, was that was, like? Who, who, you know, how did that go? Yeah. Well, initially there was the, um, because we were sort of had some time constraints because this procedure that the initial urologist was going to do was less than a week away. And oh, so we, <laughs> right. so oh. we knew we were going to have to put that off. So the patient, you know, spoke with the office, sent an email, all that saying, I'm not canceling. I am delaying. And initially the doctor had said he does it once a month. So the patient said, you know, I'll sign up for the March. You know, I want to get a second opinion, but I want to put off my February procedure. Okay. Um, The office, you know, kind of poo-pooed him in the email back to him saying it's not necessary why are you getting a second opinion? Is it, mm. you know, what is, what is your concern? So they wow. were sort of resistant to a second opinion. And we don't know if the doctor will be able to do it in a month. And this oh. is very important that you don't delay this procedure. Wow. Right. So wow. there's a little pressure there. <laughs> but wow. the patient at this point knew he, I I think he realized and he knew he wanted to get the second opinion. So he said, okay, you know, (laughs) go ahead. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, So we, that's when, you know, I really engaged the, my colleague who worked on looking for second, looking for second opinions. Um, And what we did find too was there's a lot of doctors out there or where this patient lives. And yeah. there's a lot of doctors near him that offer this procedure. Okay. And discuss the procedure. So in looking through and researching the procedure a little more, and based on what I had learned last year with another patient. Um, so it is cover. It is approved by the FDA. Yet okay. most 
assurances do not cover it at this point. There hasn't been tons of research on it. And the research that's been done have not been large studies or trials that have really mm -hmm. proved anything. So okay. most people aren't real comfortable yet with it. Okay. So anyway, we were able to secure within two weeks a second opinion at a national cancer center of excellence, okay. which was very close to their home. Okay. Um, so he got there. We did a virtual accompaniment on that. Okay. Meeting. The patient and his wife put us on speakerphone when he went into the office. Okay. And you had teed up all the records already, sent right. them over. We've gotten all the records over there and... They were well aware of, um, you know, all his information. Wow. And so, drum roll. What's drum the result? <laughs> the doctor came in and said, you have a pretty low PSA and explained the Gleason score and you have a pretty low Gleason score and this is slow growing. And the recommendation really is just to do surveillance, active surveillance. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean an active, active surveillance just means keeping an eye on it. Right. Annually. Right. So getting repeat MRIs, getting with a certain frequency, getting prostate exams again with a certain frequency, checking PSA levels, you know, so that if anything does change, then certainly then you reevaluate at that point and reevaluate your options again. Okay. Um, Sounds like a, a reasonable plan for that kind of absolutely. clinical presentation. Correct. And uh, we did mention the other procedure to the second opinion doctor who just shook his head and he said, I'm sure that's what was recommended to you. That urologist does a lot of those procedures. It is not something I would recommend. Wow. Didn't want to say okay. much. That was it. All right. Well, so what did the, how did the patient respond? I mean, did he breathe a sigh of relief or oh, was he? The patient right in the middle of it said, like, and I don't think he was somebody that, he wasn't a man of many words. Um, like he wasn't <laughs> always chatting, you know, but he said, wow, I didn't know I had options. Wow. I had other options. Wow. Wow. And, you know, and, and he and his wife were just, they just couldn't believe the weight lifted off of their shoulders and the sigh of relief, the sigh of gratefulness, you know, it was. Yeah. Palpable. Yeah. But so, you want to hear we the still have the Yeah. We still have the 25,000 that they've already paid. Correct. Well, yeah, we have the 25,000 and the paper that they signed. Um, we have, not gotten all that back yet, but we're working on it. Um, okay. You know, it's step by step. However, my feeling, you know, what this brought to mind in talking with them is patient bill of rights. Um, patient bill of rights, they're in every office you go into, every hospital room, you know, and you don't look at, you don't read them. You see them and it's like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, um, it's like hip, it's like HIPAA disclosures. <laughs> correct. Yeah. yeah. But one of the first things on patient bill of rights, all of them, is the patient's treated with, you know, dignity, respect, consideration, informed consent, mm -hmm. um, the right to refuse treatment, the right to ask for 
other opinions. I mean, all that stuff is right there and patients have that right. Um, most, in my experience, most physicians will welcome second opinions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I have, I remember saying to a patient many years ago, well, you know, what if I said, if a patient, if a physician doesn't want you to get a second opinion, get another physician. Right. Because most doctors would be fine. Right. Cause that's, it's, it's more, it's medicine. It's, you know, you can look at it this way. I can look at it that way, but maybe together we can create a good game plan. So, right. you know, although pathology is pathology, but uh, in this case, it feels like the original urologist was kind of pressuring the patient to sign up, and that feels bad in a lot right. of ways. It does. And that's the, they said that was one of the things at one point that the patient and his wife said is that they felt like there were no other options, they had no choice, and they had to do it. Wow. And if you wow. think about it, I mean, this was all in one conversation they had with the doctor at the time they were told he has cancer. Correct. So right. And most patients, more. when they hear they have cancer, don't hear anything else. Right. Right. So that was really disturbing to me. Um, you know, I went back and forth and I, you know, legally, did he do anything wrong? I guess not. But ethically, morally, as a good human being, yeah. you know, I'm not so sure it was a good choice. Yeah. No, it certainly doesn't feel good. Right. So did he, did the patient cancel the procedure? The patient totally canceled, notified the practice that he wants to, he is pursuing other options and would like his money back. All of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we're waiting to hear back on that. Um, so my fingers are crossed, but I do believe he's entitled to his whole 25,000 back. I don't think he, that was appropriate at that time, you know, give it, give the guy a couple of days to think about it and then maybe, but he didn't even have time to think and process before yeah. he had to find that. Well, and even that, when you, when you make a, a, you know, car decision or a hotel, like you get 24, 48 hours, right. To, to back right. out of it. Right. Seems like you should get at least that much with a healthcare decision. Something yeah. is something as important as that. Right. Now the other part of this, Betty, so as if that's not enough that they're dealing with. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um one of the first things I did do when after I spoke with them was ask to ask them to send me some their insurance information. Because mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to see what's in network out there or where they live, you know, what's not in network, what's covered, not covered, right. that kind of thing. Um, so I was trying to understand, you know, the need the for $25,000 right. immediately. Um, and I started looking at, and so they sent me their insurance card and it looked like a, an insurance card and in network, out of network, deductibles, you know, all that. Okay. Um, couldn't really make sense of it. And I was going online and I'm trying to find the company and I'm trying to find, then it gave me some other things. I found a website that it comes from and um, in small print on one of the pages, it says, please note, this is not commercial insurance. This does not meet the ACA minimum requirements for healthcare. Oh, oh my God. 
So, so what I figured out, what I figured out was it's essentially it was like I call it like a, a, a discount plan. Um, okay. You could certainly if if you go to any of the doctors that were in their system, their network, I guess, um, yeah. get discounts. Um, and then there were other products on there you could get discounts for. So it was a sign up for a discount club kind of thing. Like a BJ's card. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, and they were paying a lot of money for it. So that really disturbed me. That took me a while to get my head around that because I was like, what? How can this be? Um, I didn't know there was stuff like that out there. And and everything about this mimicked insurance, like okay. the verbiage and the, even the way the card looked and was set up and everything. Did um, they think they had insurance? Did the patient absolutely. and his wife? Absolutely. Yep. Oh. oh, God. So, right. We had to call them and I had to call them and say, you know, not sure if you're aware, but this is really not insurance. And what did they say? That they had no that idea. They, they were having a bad yeah. week. I know. I felt like I'm surprised they answered the call. Answered any of your calls anymore, Jen? Right. No. <laughs> Nothing but news from me. Right. Um, right. So, thankfully, through a few connections where they live, I was able to connect them with an insurance expert who assisted them. And I'm happy to say, as of last week, they are covered by a major national carrier for insurance. Great. They're only paying $60 a month more. Oh, for wow. Like for real insurance versus... Yeah, their, for actual insurance, right. Right. Versus... How long local. had they been carrying the um, discount card? That was over a year. Wow. And they didn't need to use it at all? They ha They had just... They hadn't had any major health issues, so... They would go to a doctor and pay out of pocket, but not realizing that that they're just thinking that that's our copay. You know, oh, uh -huh. we have a high copay kind of thing. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, not, yeah. They hadn't really needed it. Wow. Wow. This what what a what a unique, as I said in the beginning, this was a, <laughs> a whopper of a case, not only a clinical uh, turnaround, but certainly an insurance turnaround as well. So in case, you know, in case he should need um, surgery in the future, hopefully not, that he will have actual insurance to cover that. And for all the surveillance testing and all that, he'll have insurance and, you know. Is he it. still connected to the, uh, is he going to continue to see the urologist at the uh, NCI hospital? Yes. Yes. That's who Great. he's going to continue to follow with. Great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm happy yeah. about that. So the um, only missing piece is how are we going to get the money back? That's the, the missing link at this point, and I'm still fighting for it. Okay. Well, I, I think they they are lucky uh, to have a son working for the company that provides this benefit. Um, wow. Great. I'm I'm so happy for them and and for him that he didn't have to have any procedure and and can wait and watch his PSA and hopefully it stays you know kind of high normal but doesn't have to have any further treatment. Right. And Thanks talking to, to this couple before and after 
they're just they just sound lighter, happier, yeah. um, relieved. Yeah. And you know, it's just so rewarding. Well, listen, if this story doesn't convince listeners that you have to get a second opinion, nothing will. Correct. (laughs) So now, and I hope that this couple and their son will always remember to get a second opinion that they have a right, right? Mm -hmm. That it's typically covered by insurance that any doctor, again, I'll repeat, if any doctor says you you don't need a second opinion, get another doctor. Right. Any doctor worth their salt will be encouraging and supportive of a patient getting a second opinion. Yes. Wow. Great story, Jen. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I I look forward to having you back to hear the outcome of the $25,000 pursuit. (laughs) Yes, we're getting that money back for them. (laughs) I bet if my money's on you, as they say. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. And great work on that case. Thank you, Betty. Thank you so much. Take care. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.